Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. We're back. And Larry Correa. Sweet Lady Propane. Today's episode, Passive Voice. Welcome back, everybody, to the Writer Dojo. Glad to have you back with us today. All right, Larry. Last year, when we, uh, towards the end of the year, we did kind of a like a poll, I guess you could say, to see what everyone's favorite episodes were. Yeah, on the Writer Dojo Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. And neither of the two episodes were us of the <laughs> nope, favorites. They were not. They were not. Um, and we already know who's going to win next. I or... know, these jerks. So uh, so it, it was kind of a toss-up between Dave Butler's pitching session, talking about pitching, or query letters, I mean, and then Craig Nibo talking about the rhythm of writing. So we decided in an effort to um, make ourselves sound better, that we would bring all these people back again. So uh, so today, we've got our good, our good buddy here, Craig Nibo. How's it going out there? My name is Craig Nibo. All right. All right, Craig, j- just for the uninitiated, just in case, for some reason, they didn't listen to the previous episode because they're, they're heartless, evil, soulless heathens. That's Steve's way of recommending it. That's, yeah, you guys should really be listening to that episode. But in case you haven't yet, maybe this is the first episode you're picking up. Craig, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I'm a professional writer and a professional musician, and a lot of, and often those two things meet in the middle. So I often will tie writing in with music and vice versa. Um, the thing that I have going right now, I, I don't know if I can talk about it or not, but uh, I have my own podcast. It's called The Terrifying Lies Podcast. It's primarily thriller fiction, and then uh, each episode ends with an original song, usually about the story that, that uh, was told. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of our listeners have been tuning into that, and oh, they cool. quite like it. Excellent. Um, so I'm excited. Craig is a Craig is an excellent, excellent storyteller. Um, back in ye olden days, when we both worked for the same heartless company, um, before we got laid off, on the uh, same day, on the same day, uh, within call it thirty minutes of each other, uh, I went first. I won. Yay! <laughs> uh, I won that race. Uh, you know, Craig and I used to talk about this stuff all the time. Our office, you know, my office, and then my cube as I got progressively and progressively more outcast um, was was right next to Craig's and we would often talk about you know fiction and all these things and all the time all the time freaking all the time um, and one of the coolest things about about working with a guy like Craig who is also creative is that we would often just kind of bounce ideas off of each other talk about all, all sorts of random stuff but one of the things that always popped up Craig Inevitably, and maybe this is because of some of the people that you were editing at the time, um, whose names I'm not going to mention, uh, is the idea of passive voice and how infuriating it can be. Yes, we used to speak about passive voice a lot, and it's not something that typically you speak, you have a conversation with around the water cooler. You don't get together with your buds and say so. So, passive voice, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, man. Passive voice. But Steve and I... <laughs> <laughs> we were those two guys. <laughs> we, we, were, we were those two guys. And you're right. Part of my job there, uh, I was uh, primarily a copywriter there. That's what they hired me for. And there were other writers that worked uh, there as well 
who I'm not going to name. Uh, some good, some bad. Some good, yeah, some good, some bad, vary, varying degrees. Any of them listening will assume they're the good one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you're listening, you were totally yeah, you the were, good one. You were awesome, and I loved every word you wrote. Yes. <laughs> but so often, so often, uh, there, the stuff would come in, and part of my job was to re- revise stuff, to edit stuff. And I would go through these blogs or, or whatever was written, and one of the main problems that I ran into always was passive voice. It used to drive me nuts because I would tell these authors, stop using passive voice, and then the next one would come in, and there it is again, and I would send it back and say, stop using passive voice, and then finally I just sort of gave up, and I ended up becoming more of a reviser than an editor. <laughs> so I would just spend a day of my week revising work. And the yeah. problem with passive voice is it's so easy to put in, in there. Uh, it's, it's lazy. To me, it's the mark of a lazy writer. If I pick up, if I pick up a novel and I see any passive voice or any to be verbs, particularly in the first sentence, we should probably define what this stuff is. That's yeah. probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's be real. I, when I, when I published my first book, I had no idea what any of this crap was. Neither did I. In fact, don't read my first book. <laughs> because, because I haven't revised it, <laughs> and you know, I, it's it's out there, and and in all of its well, and and so often, you know, we go to the cons, and, and the three of us, we've gone and we've we've shared panels together, and we've gone to so many to so many cons together, especially here in Utah. And one of the things that's always said, you hear people say, "Stop using passive voice," and then they just kind of let that fly out into the ether. And most of the time, the all the authors out in the audience, they nod their head because they're too scared yeah, to do anything. Dang right. They're, yeah, that's right. I'll never do that. But right. no one knows what it is. All right, so let's define it. For, let's define it. Okay. So there's two things that I think we need to talk about. One is to be verbs. Okay. We're going to get to that. Passive voice is when you reverse reverse the subject of a sentence and the direct object or, or and the object of the sentence. So in other words, you can say, you can say, we all had a great time, or you could, and 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 that there's no passive voice there. Or you can say a great time was had by all of us. Now there's passive voice. So what you've done is you've taken the subject of the sentence and put it after the verb later in the sentence, and the object, which is what the subject is aiming at, happens before the verb, and it, it does a couple of things. It convolutes your writing. It can add ambiguity to your sentences and you waste a bunch of words when you're using passive voice and when you're writing my favorite key to push whenever i write particularly on drafts after the first draft is that delete key man i'm doing everything i can to delete words delete 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 and passive voice is one of those things that i look for uh, that can help me to shave off a few a few more words out of my prose one of the things I look for when I'm editing to spot passive voice is where it, where it talks about the thing that happened, but you can't tell who did the thing because it's like it's like they don't want to commit to it. Right. Like the thing just happened. Right. And and that's a problem. Yeah. It's it's, it's it comes off as squishy. It feels like mealy mouthed mushy narrative. Yeah. That is that is exactly what it is. We don't know what you're talking about when you're using passive voice. We don't know who performed the action. We don't know. We we can't we can't sink our teeth into what you're trying to say because you're not telling us. 
because you're using passive voice. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of those things. Uh, so I recently uh, edited, uh, co-edited some um, uh, mini anthology stories for the the noir series with Casey Zell, and one of the mo- one of the common edits that Casey would make is just, she would highlight a sentence that was very passive voice. And, call, was it, is this the communist one? Yeah, and Casey would always put passive voice is communist, and that was. <laughs> That was what she put. It is. Well, I haven't thought about it, but it is. Well, Casey's a badass helicopter pilot, you know, so so she can like she can like she 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 was Air Force and now she's a uh, now she's a life flight pilot, you know, you know, landing on freeway overpasses over wrecks with night vision goggles. So she's a badass. So a she life can, flight pilot. She was. <laughs> yeah, see, Casey would be like, "No, that's communist. Take it out." No, but she, yeah. that, that was like that's her comment that she would put whenever she'd see passive voice. It's yeah. kind of nineteen eighty four. Because, because Big Brother, he's staying out of the scenes. Yeah, it's almost it's like it's like it's like you're <laughs> scared of ownership. You're t- yeah, you're yeah. talking around ownership of of what the of what that sentence or what that that even that whole paragraph is about, right? Um, when I go through, I start looking for for very specific words that was things of that nature, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, when it's outside of dialogue, because people talk. How they talk. Yeah, within quotes, you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Some people talk in passive voice. Yeah. A lot of people do. Some people talk um. in passive aggressive, but that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I, I look for very specific words. Was. Like, you know. Yeah. Was, is. Was, was and is tend to, which I, I guess we're going to start. You're getting, getting into, into to be verbs. Yep. But, that's, yep. I, you know, I start looking for those things. And what I find very interesting, Craig, and, and this is one of the things you and I talked about. When you have a sentence that you put on paper. Uh, and all of us, and all of us do this, you know, we, we, we write out a sentence and, and, you know, we're, we're just in the flow of writing and we're just trying to get crap on paper. And then, you know, we go back and we're going through an edit pass and we see that sentence, you know, a good, a good time was had by everyone. Oh yeah. And well, I have a story about and that. And we look at that and we go, yeah. ah, crap. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes a good time was had by everyone. You know, some, some of these sentences are very easy to reorder. Well, and some of the sometimes some like of it, them are not. It's no. context specific too, because yeah. if I have a whole paragraph where I'm talking about the group who was having fun mm-hmm. and the fun that they were having, and then I conclude that paragraph, and a good time was had by all. Eh, you know, that's not as not that's not as sinful, I guess, as far as writer writer sins. But why not go with everyone had a great time? Yeah, that's way stronger. Or everyone, everyone. Rocked with excitement. The only or, time I would I would punk out and use the weak version, and this is a conscious decision, not a. Well, okay, that's the difference, week, yeah. though. You're saying you're, it's a conscious decision. Well, because one of the things I look for is uh, uh, the word river. We've talked about before in the editing, where you you tend to be repetitive with the word. Like if I notice I'm using a word a lot, mm-hmm. or like I, I, today I was actually editing and I noticed I used the word look or looks in in a, as people were glancing back and forth, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I and you, I used it like six times in two pairs. It's just that's disgusting. It's annoying, and you don't really realize that till you would um, you know read it out loud yeah. or, or do audio work. So maybe I might strategically passive voice something and have where an event just occurred and no one like took the ownership of it of that particular verb. Uh-huh. But 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 it, that, that's a strategic voice. I think a lot of the problem with the passive voice is it's an unconscious thing that people slip into as their default. Yes. Yes. And yeah, and it's communist. <laughs> it is communist. <laughs> but you, okay, so, but but it requires that kind of thought. If you're going to use a 
single passive voice sentence in your writing, you got to stop and think about it. You got to give it like, and Steve is talking about how long it takes to get passive voice out. That was a whole day of my job a week was pretty much getting weak verbs and passive voice out of articles. The lazy way is to just leave them in there. That's just lazy writing. But if you are going to leave one in, you stop and it could take you 45 seconds, two minutes on one sentence to decide if you're going to fix it, how you're going to fix it, how you're going to recast it. Well, and, and, and how it impacts the sentence before, how it impacts the sentence after, how it, how it can manipulate the flow of, of, of your entire narrative. It's so much easier to do it right the first time. Oh, it, it, it is. so is. Like, I think all of us agree. Yeah. Uh, every writer Second agrees. Drafts. Oh. Writing's fun. Editing is work. Yeah, that is so You know, so I talked true. with, who was I talking to? It was Dave Carrico. Dave Carrico and I were talking about that exact thing, Larry. And sorry, this is a little tangent for us. But Dave was talking to me and he, and he was saying, he's like, you know, I think, I think all authors kind of feel the same way. You know, we, for the most part, you know, writing is, is the creative process. Editing is sweaty, gross tears and horribleness. Yeah. And, and he said, and what he said to me kind of struck me. And he said, you know, I think it's because they use different parts of your brain. One is a creative aspect, a creative area within your brain. And the other is a more technical, um, detail-based part. And not everyone has, has worked those pieces of your brain accordingly. Um, as writers, we spend far, far more of our time actually writing, right? And so our creative juices, our creative muscles have gone on and, and have, have gotten stronger and stronger. Whereas our, the editorial pieces of our brain, those parts that are actually functionally looking at, at the technical aspect, the structure of a sentence, the way words look, not, not how they sound, but how they look on a page is a very different muscle, so to speak, within the brain. But what's the same, what, but what's what happens with us? Um, all of us have been edited. Okay. And, and in fact, we've all edited other people. Uh, the more, the more you see some of these issues, so let's focus on passive voice. The more you see passive voice in other people, the more it's pointed out to you within your own work, the quicker you start to, to learn about this and you start flexing that muscle a lot sooner in the yeah, process. That's definitely, that's pretty adroit uh, as far as an observation. That's, that's true. I, I found personally like things I'm editing people and they do something that just really annoys me. I will never do that again myself because now that part of my brain has been provoked and I'll be like, oh, I hate that. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Or, or hatred was felt. <laughs> <laughs> hatred, hatred was felt. Hatred was felt by all. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this some more. And I think we want to get into some of the to be verbs like we were talking about the front half. All right. We'll be right back. A lone boy, orphaned by the Nazis and imprisoned in a concentration camp. A dragon-like being elected to the leadership of the galactic government. What do these two beings have in common? Why would they meet in one of the most war-torn regions of Earth? What will it mean for Earth and for the galaxy? Will this be one of the greatest friendships in galactic history or the death of us all? Blood Brothers Meetings by Stephanie Osborne a first-in-series spinoff of the Division One series. Available May 1st. Pick up your copy today. 
Welcome back, everybody. Okay. Top half of the episode, we kind of got into passive voice, what it is, how we deal with it, um, the reasons the reasons why we go to such lengths to get rid of it. Uh, but you mentioned kind of in the top half of the show, and I, and I started getting into it accidentally because I can't help myself. And that's the to be verbs, Craig. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Okay, to be verbs. We can, we can list them. It's am, is, are. There's different tenses. Past is was, was, were. Perfect tense is have been, had been, has been. And then, of course, there's progressive tense, which is was being, was, uh, were being. These, these are the to be verbs. These are the weak verbs. And the thing that, to remember as a writer is that your strongest weapon, the strongest weapon in your arsenal as a writer is your verbs. That's where you hang everything. And if you're going to use a verb like was, you've fired a blank. You fired a blank. You wasted, you wasted a verb. And again, like I was saying, it, it used to drive my wife nuts. But when I was picking out books for my kids, I would pick them up. I would read the first paragraph. If there was a weak verb, if there was a was in the first sentence, which happens all the freaking time, I would just put it right back on the shelf. I'm like, my kid is not going to read this. It's uh, weak Charles verbs. Dickens is overrated. <laughs> weak, verbs are, weak verbs are a divider. Weak verbs are just a divider for me. Those who use them suck. Those who don't use them, are they're well on their way. That's how important it is to consider weak verbs. Now, once again, we're talking about the verb usage that you have outside of quotes. Yes, that is true. Because any, any grammatical rule that is in the existence of the entire world kind of doesn't matter when it's within quotations mm -hmm. because people speak freaking weird, right? They, you know, some people speak super grammatically correct and you can tell when you listen to them. It, some people speak very slurred or, um, you know, uh, concatenating tons of different words together. All y'all, you know, all y'all done that, you know, it, so within quotes is a whole different game. It, it's funny you say that too. Like when I put quotes into my writing, I'm writing prose. I'm, I'm doing the non-quoted prose and I'm very careful to get rid of all these to be verbs, right. all this passive voice. And then I put that opening quote and I can take, it's almost like I take a sigh of relief. I'm like, oh, I get to use a weak verb. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, just and then I just put it in and I don't feel bad about it. But <laughs> but it's work to not use to be verbs. That's what you need to remember. You're going to have the temptation as you're writing to just, oh, I'm just going to leave it. Or to or when you're revising and you've fixed a million of these and and it's it's taken up so much of your time, you're going to have this you're going to have this temptation to get lazy and just, oh, I'm just going to leave it. It's okay. It's grammatically correct. By the way, that's something that one of the writers uh, said to me on, on one of the blogs, uh, Grammarly told me it's grammatically correct. I scored a hundred percent. So it's fine. I'm posting it. Who gives a crap about Grammarly? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Someone actually, oh my gosh. Yeah, somebody, somebody said that. Now Grammarly is a nice tool. Especially to, but to root out, I don't know, things like plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like saying that like I rode my bike really fast with training wheels and didn't fall over. <laughs> That's true. That's okay. a good way to put it. Great, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Like, 
how, okay, so like the way I write half the time when I get done, you know, I, I just use Microsoft Word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know how they have the like it'll underline, underline, and um, they'll put the little underline on stuff that like yeah. is grammatically yeah. incorrect. That's three quarters of my manuscript, because I right. I tend to write very as I get described workman like prose. Uh-huh. You know I I tend to to just write kind of like I talk, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and the thing is it works for me. It's a good style for me. But but gr- as far as grammatically correct, man, oh no, I toss out the window a lot of times. Well, you, you, what you're doing is you're you're making a compromise for the sake of style, and that's okay. Yeah. It's a stylistic decision. It's, it's, yeah. Style is everything when it comes to writing. In fact, uh, you you can get so hung up on the grammar that you can sterilize your writing. Well, I was going to that's oh, yeah. what, that's what I was going to say, you know, going back to the whole grammarly thing is if if we all just put all of our fiction through grammarly and took every little change that it that it recommended uh i mean it would it would completely strip the soul from what we write well you might as well just use chat chat gpt yeah Yeah. just use a chat bot well i mean you know well as we'll talk about another episode that's coming guys for all you all the indie authors on amazon right now who are doing the churn you're doing your you know cranking out the books really fast guess what's coming to your marketplace yeah Coming soon, very Chat, soon. G- yeah, within within a couple of years, we're going to have novels written written by AI. Oh, we're going to have bad actors who are going to weaponize it, and oh, they're yeah. going to turn out six hundred books a year. And uh, they'll have a they'll have an artificial, you know, a generated cover, generated text. They'll feed some prompts into it, maybe do some a slapdash read through for anything glaring, and then they're publishing that sucker. They're going to publish a couple books a day. You watch. I I know you're gonna I know you're correct on that. It sucks. It sucks. Well, I almost I almost wish there was a way that we could uh, get a no AI was used in this book seal put on our books. <laughs> it probably wouldn't make a difference because so many people just they don't really discern. Yeah. Right. They don't really discern. On the bright side, though, this will finally enable them to finish Game of Thrones. <laughs> so it'll be better. Okay, but yeah. On okay, so on the on the on the weak verbs, what do you suggest? What, what, how do you how do you come out? What, how do you come up? Uh, how do you come at it to like make it stronger? Okay, well, have a couple of suggestions here. These are practical. I actually gave a, a I gave a presentation at a recent writing symposium about this, and the majority of the presentation was I put bad examples up there and I let people solve the bad examples. So it was just, how about this one? And five or six, five or six people solved it in their own way. And it was, it was a good way to do it because I wasn't just dictating how to do it. They were giving all their suggestions. But a couple of simple ones here. Here's a sentence. My sister is loud when she is telling her children to do their homework. What do you think? I mean, it's boring. Grammarly said it was okay. Grammarly said it was yeah. okay. 100%. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's two to be verbs in there. Yeah, is, is. Yeah, is and is. So here's a way to solve that. My sister bellows when telling her children to do their homework. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, it's stronger. It's more active. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, more Depending active. on how I'm trying to describe the character, how she could yeah. shriek. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it gives you it gives you more opportunity to inject character mm-hmm. into yeah. into the into the people within the sentence. Well, yep. depending on the kind, of, the kind of character you're trying to do too, there's a good chance to draw analogies. You yeah, say she you know sounded like Arlie Ermey at the beginning of Full Metal Jacket. 
Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or, or this is, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, um, in a previous episode we were talking about, um, with, um, with Roald Dahl, how they were eliminating a bunch of, a bunch of descriptives from, from the sentences. Yeah. You're familiar with that, right, Craig? No. Oh my gosh. This is the first I've heard of this. Oh geez. They're basically taking classic, um, books, uh, well, that are now politically incorrect and they're taking the prose, the creative, interesting, descriptive prose, and they're neutering it like this. They're putting this kind of weakness into it. Yeah, it's almost like they're editing in the weakness that that people like uh, us are trying to remove is from it. Inoffensive, because he had like one, like at one point, he's like, how did you describe the woman as like she was? Oh gosh, it was um, corpulent and shrieky yeah, it, it or whatever. Yeah, something like that. It was Roald Dahl. I love Roald. I'm a huge Roald as Dahl. As am I. Well, their estate is—it's his estate—is and uh, his estate house. is doing this. Yep. Yeah, and it's gross. And then we we went through on the episode. We had like the list of like sixty different changes they had made, and it was all. Yeah, it was. It was basically the reverse of what we're going through now. Yeah. It was. It's, it was. it's staggering. It's actually it's actually quite interesting. It was stuff how that it is like, literally the reverse. Like of this. like people who you describe negatively, like all the negative descriptions of characters were neutered, or even softened. or even or even descriptions that could be potentially seen as negative by some rando. So they so they want you to think that there are no lecherous creeps out there. They, you can't write lecherous creeps. You can't write. You can't. I mean, you can't write that. Okay, you can't write that the person. It, that you can't write that the person is um, that their body is so fat that blah 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 blah. Oh, I noticed. I noticed some of that stuff in Grammarly. It would correct old man to older person. Yes, and that was one of them. Some of the stuff that was, was one of them. On. It, it's like they're. But there's a difference these. between an old man and an older gentleman. There's there's a big difference in my oh. mind. I'm seeing two different things here. It, it, yeah. Yeah, the I'm older a, gentleman, you know, I'm picturing with like a top hat. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that like it's, it's context specific too. I spent because for for those of you who don't know when this episode is being recorded, Utah is currently going through flooding. So the people where I live, we've been volunteering to shovel sandbags, uh, and I've done that several times now. And I'm the old guy, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. in that, and that's because you know I'm there with a bunch of twenty something farm kids who are kicking the crap out of me, and I'm trying to keep up. So I'm, what, what, was Grammarly going to change that to, I'm elderly? I'm not elderly. You know, I'm in my forties. No, no. I'm just the old guy compared to a bunch of young Johnny right. football heroes. I'm, I'm okay, offended. How would you, you react? Man. How would you react if one of those guys said, hey, old man, come help me over here. Well, that depends on, again, a, depends yeah. on the context. <laughs> it depends on the context. It, yeah, it depends on right? the context. <laughs> but that's the point. It's the context. Yep. We're talking about the context. So what they're doing is they're they're universally changing this and saying context doesn't matter. Well, and they're, they're weakening and it they're on weakening. To be yeah, they're weakening the sentences. They're doing literally the reverse. What they're doing to cause people to not be offended offends me. Oh, I agree. Now Much offense was taken. <laughs> I don't think. I, okay, to be fair, that's one of the main. That's a big line of some of the black sword is offense has been taken. But specifically, it was structured that way on purpose culturally. I was going to say, is that that's a that's almost a legal term? Though. It was a legal term yeah. because you didn't want to say that you personally had taken offense. It was more just the establishment that offense had been given, yeah. and offense has been taken, and that way you could you know that, that was your your uh, that was the the predicate for a duel is what it was, right? Um, so, but what's good is it's context specific. Context specific and thought about. It, yeah, it it was thought about. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. See, there you go. See, that was that was it. 
There, there's a good example. It was thought on. Weak. I thought about it. Strong. Yeah. Honestly, guys, the passive voice thing is, is kind of, it's a mark of amateur writing, I think, is yes. how it comes across a lot of times subconsciously. Like if I read a book that has a lot of passive voice, it just feels like the author is hesitant. It feels like they don't want to make bold strokes. You know, and, and honestly, though, if I'm seeking out art for entertainment, I don't want mushy and inoffensive and soft. I want, I want, I want something that's going to grab me and get my attention and be, I want, I like, I love, one of my favorite things when I'm reading a book is when I could tell the author was having fun writing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's contagious. And you can feel it. You can yeah. feel that. If that author is passionate about a subject, it comes through. Even a lot of times it's an author I don't agree with, or I don't necessarily like their other stuff, but they're passionate about a particular thing. You can feel it and it's contagious as the reader. And I was like, whoa, like I disagree. But this dude feels strongly about this, and it comes through in the writing. That's excellent. Yep. I agree with you on that, Larry. And then passive voice, though, but the passive voice, there's no passion to it. There's no passion. Again, wasted words. And it's either, it's one of two. I, I read a book recently, and it was, it, it, it won some awards. This is the reason that I picked it up. And it, it, the author, she tried to, she tried to be so literary in her writing with the words she was using and she was trying to be intellectual with her prose, but it was full of this stuff. And it, 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 I, I would not have given that book the time of day, much less an award. I was so surprised. I think I know which book you're talking about. I'm not going to say what it was. Yeah, we don't badmouth though. Yeah, I'm well, not going to Well, there's a couple, there's like two or three authors. There's, there's two authors that will badmouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's out there. That's all I'm saying. And, I, and I'm saying it's out there and it's winning awards sometimes, and, th- and that surprises me. Well, I, if it's the book awards, I think it is, it just es- showed up on a list I was, that I was looking at. Well, mm-hmm. we've established and we've got the evidence that, honestly, winning an award and selling books that people actually read, uh, it's, yeah, th- yeah, those two don't necessarily go hand in hand. Yeah, I think well, I've definitely proven that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what else can we do, guys, to... To strengthen these sentences, to strengthen, because I, I think it's imperative for us to strengthen these sentences one by one, because as soon as you do that in aggregate, they start creating a, like a narrative foundation uh, for, for all of your works, for, for, your, for your, your sentences, your paragraphs, your pages, your chapters. If, if your sentences individually are strong, um, then so to speak, there's no weak link amongst them. So what else can we do? What are some of the tricks that you guys have employed? Uh, personal one for me is I love reading stuff out loud. Um, like when I'm editing, I will often stop and when in doubt, read it out loud because nothing pops more obviously than when you read it out loud and you're like, uh, that sounds gross. That just sounds weak. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds like oatmeal. You know, there's no, there's no oomph. There's no bite to it. There's no, there's no, there's no poetry to it. There's no, there's no feeling to it. And if I'm, if I'm bored reading it out loud, <laughs> so is the audiobook narrator going to be. And so that, that's one of my things. That's excellent. I don't know if you guys do that. Uh, I do. That, that's I, one of the things I do. Okay. So I, I write five drafts and between the fourth and the fifth draft, I record an audiobook. So the fourth draft is pretty solid usually. So I record the audio book between four and five, and I actually have a paper copy, and I, I mark it. And I find things that you're talking about, Larry, and I'll go back. If it's too bad, I'll rewrite it and reread it 
Usually it isn't though, but if I but I'm marking and usually I'm down to just little nitpicky things. So It'll that's be what like I do. A, when you read it out loud though. There's like a ping. There you know? is. There it's is. Like, it's like um, it's something. There's a rhythm to it. Yeah, it'll strike you. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we had Christopher Rocky on a little while ago, and we were talking because Christopher's one of the best um, uh, artistic prose writers alive. This yep. this guy is so incredibly gifted at it, and we were talking about that. Um, Christopher, like like I couldn't write like he does. It's just not me. It's not my style. Um, but like when he does passive voice, it's always for a reason. And yeah, it's usually yeah. going to be a cadence and flow, and he's very much into uh, rhetoric, like 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 old school rhetoric, like like classical education rhetoric, you know. Gotcha. Uh, and so when he does that, it's it'll be more like on purpose, aimed oh. at like you know the the, the question is asked, <laughs> you know, but it but it fits well, and it and has also, a reason. I I, I do think that. I do think that there can be a difference in how we approach passive voice when we're talking about the tense in which we are narrating the story from third person to first person. Um, when, when you're doing a first person story, I feel like some of this stuff can be pushed to the side and, and much easier in terms of style and flavor. Because well, if bit. it's first person, yeah, it, it's, it's from it's that person's... Now sensibility. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, I mean, weakness is weakness within within yeah. within text. Well, the but other you danger, can. But with first person, you can inject a bit more flavor. I think. Well, the other danger with first person too on passive voice is it's really easy because you're trying to avoid the river of I I I I I mm-hmm. he 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 he, and so you start varying up your your sentence structure. It is really easy, and I've done this myself when writing first person where I've screwed up, and this kind of thing I'll catch where I'll have gone through, and because I'm trying to avoid starting so many lines with I or he or she or whatever, I just start saying what happened rather than who did the thing to make it happen. That's pretty good. You know, yeah. and you got to watch out for that because you, you you want one one is a problem one way and the other is a problem the other way and you got to find a balance of that. Right. You know, and so so that's something definitely to watch out for on edits. Yeah. Know, first person big time. For me on getting rid of passive voice, the best thing is to just make sure you clearly understand what it is first. And take, consider every single sentence in your, in your, in your second and third drafts, particularly in your second, give each sentence the consideration that it requires. And it takes a lot of time to do that. But that for me is the only way that I can get it all out. I'll spend, like I will read a sentence and I will stop on that sentence for 15 seconds, 10 seconds to consider it. And then the next sentence and then the next sentence. That's how deeply I go into that second draft. That's also why I can't stand second drafts. I have so many first drafts, you know, (laughs) first draft is not a completed novel by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. For me, and one thing is like, as my career has gone on, I've discovered that I, I write books slower than I used to, but I edit them much faster. Because I am now uh, creating cleaner manuscripts, the first pass. Right. Why? Because I enjoy that. I hate editing. And so if I could, the better it is on that first pass, the less time I have to spend going through it. Mm. The hard thing for me is I do so many collaborations with other authors. 
Uh, which don't get me wrong, I love that, and it also helps the other authors out a lot. And, yeah. and I'm doing one for Jason Cordova right now, and Jason's a great author. But but I tell you, it's months on end of that engaging that editorial part of my brain, going over that draft as yep. opposed to and I and then when you do a collaborative edit, it's like it's not a gentle edit. It's like no. it's like I'm I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah. But trying to also keep in mind the other guy's feelings and like his artistic <laughs> vision. I have no feelings. But dude, it is it's it's like it's mentally taxing going through line by line like that. It and it also it takes it takes quite a long time. Yes, it unless does. you phone it in. So <laughs> I don't phone it in though. I'm too prideful. <laughs> yeah, don't phone it in. Do the work. Do the work. Well, and, and, and I think you will get. Be- I think I think you'll develop, like Larry is saying. You'll just get. You'll get better and better at those first drafts. Well, it's not just passive voice too, but it's like when you start editing yourself and you start editing others. Uh, and you start reading other people's manuscripts, and then you start seeing, like I said, the stuff that annoys you, and it just it, it kind of in it's it inures you to it in your own writing. It's like it's like this sin offends me, and then so when I catch myself doing it, I'm like, oh, dang it, I hate that. What are you doing, you dummy? Yeah, you quit quit making crap. Yeah, you know. And so passive voice. So I think like like passive voice is one of those things. That it's 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 galling. When you first understand it, and then the more you do it, the more you're able to either avoid it or manipulate it for your benefit. That's true. That's true. You know, it's funny. Uh, when I was editing a lot of material, uh, when I was editing a lot of material, copywriting material on blogs and whatnot, I started, <laughs> I started editing how people speak to me. In my mind, I couldn't help it. I would never correct anybody, but somebody would say something to me, and I'd, I'd they'd say, "A fun time was had by all." And in my mind, I'd go, "Actually, it's better if you say, you know, we all had a great time." So, uh, luckily, that's kind of gone away because I'm doing less of that. It really used to annoy me. It was almost oh. compulsive. Actually, that little voice in my head, that guy with glasses and uh, a pointer and well, and actually, blackboard. yeah, you just described all accountants. <laughs> I know. He's got a nice beard around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> mm, what a wonderful pocket protector that person has. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Um, but Craig, thank you so much for stopping by and, and, and talking about this. Thanks for having um, me. You know, I, I didn't get to attend this presentation that you gave it. Um, it was at LTUE this year. But, uh, but a couple other people I know did, and they said it was really good. And so as soon as they said that, I, you know, I told Larry, I said, man, we need to get Craig back on to talk about this. Seems like every uh, LTUE goes by, I get an idea for for something to have you uh, to have you on the show for. Yeah. So, yeah. darn. Oh no, <laughs> how tragic for everybody. <laughs> well, we got a year. That's We're right, a year now. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Well, that's it. Um, if you have any other questions, or if you have any specific topics that you would like to have Craig talk about uh, with us in the future. Um, you know, he's local, we're all local, so it's, it's easy. I mean, shoot, we record in his studio, so, uh, <laughs> uh it's pretty easy to get him into his own studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here anyway. Yeah. So if you have any questions for Craig, um, let us know. Um, and again, for all of you guys who are guys and gals who are supporters of the Rider Dojo out there, we answer your questions first. Um, you send them in and we will answer those questions. So uh, if you want to become a subscriber, it's super easy. Just go in to, to Anchor, although I think Anchor's on by Spotify now. It's all confusing, so I guess it's not that easy anymore. Whatever. Get in there, 
figure it out. Um, from 99 cents to, to a couple bucks a month, you can be a supporter. Um, we give out pretty cool perks. And of course, the main one being you get direct access to us in terms of Q&A. Um, but again, thank you all so much for listening to us. We appreciate it. And again, Craig, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. It was appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving I will be now. <laughs> the Rider Dojo this was. <laughs> Seeing you on the next one, we will. <laughs> Jack Wilder and Baron Hair Studios produced the Rider Dojo by Steve Diamond and Larry Correa. Word Mercenaries by Greg Nibo is the theme song. Wherever you stream your content, every Wednesday new episodes come out. If this podcast is enjoyed by you, support can be provided by going to anchor.fm slash writerdojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. Sending an email to ads at writerdojo.com will enable you to advertise on the podcast. Questions at writerdojo.com is where to email your questions. Passive voice is communist. Delete, 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 delete. Delete, 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 delete. Delete, 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 delete.